0: Hi there everyone, I'm Petra Vernon and this is mostly essays. Uh thanks for joining me. Today we'll have a look at a collection of essays on a life in poetry entitled Always Beginning. So a collection called Always Beginning by Maxine Kuhn. And uh her essays uh speak to the encounter, it says the uh review on her essays. In her essays, as with her Pulitzer Prize-winning poetry, Maxine Kumin speaks to the encounter with poetry, poets, and the details of country life in clear, direct prose. She is equally at ease musing over a garden or discussing poetic form, raising horses, or even critiquing the work of other poets. For Kuhmann, poetry is inseparable from daily life. A direct quote from kuman herself she says the poet cannot escape his or her obligations to bear witness to the times it is impossible to separate the life and the art nitsi in another context once said that we have art in order not to die of the truth wherever there is language there too stands the writer the ultimate observer observer a little to one side of things, but there. Whether the, whether the subject is a diving beetle or a firebombing, the poet's function is to speak of the encounter. So now we'll have a look at Maxine Kumin's essay entitled Essay on Robert Frost. I suppose all of us who were born early enough to have one, cherish a personal recollection of Robert Frost. In mine, he is quite an old man at the at lectern server hall, I believe, reading his poems with the kind of authority and grace that goes with the veneration. It is the era of crew and Veronica Lake hairdos. The cast iron statesman of poetry has already displayed his best love wares and turns now to a less familiar poem delivering the lines with a hard edge. The last dancer is bitten off and spat out at his collegiate audience. Clearly he's enjoying himself. Clearly there is lust in his voice as it quivers or quavers purposefully on provide, provide. Age has its own savage pleasures. Perhaps chief among them is to admonish the young There is a stone set in this gateway to an old graveyard that I visit. It avers with a Frostian accent. Stop passengers as you pass by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. Prepare for death and follow me. So is the case made for mortality and we are properly humbled in much the same tone. Frost makes the case for expediency, as if to say, since no one can be expedient to the point of choosing his own exit from his life, I advise you to get ready, prepare, provide for whatever dreary old age may await you. I am generally uncomfortable in the presence of the dietetic poem, scratching my itches, aware of my hot embarrassment, beginning around the ears. The preacher poem is not unlike the pornographic story. However, vigorously we deplore both social virtue and private vice. They can arise above their origins to delight us when they work. This poem mostly purely works. It manifests a frost far from the Yankee farmer, poet role he has lucklessly been cast in. Alternating praised and dismissed for his easiness, as easy say as Longfellow. Provide, Provide is neither optimistic nor orthodox. The lyrics illuminate unsparingly the terrible truth of man's nature. They express an attitude, as Jaral has said, that makes pessimism seem a hopeful evasion. For everything will be taken from you in your fall from the fame that passes in our secular world as grace. What little comfort can be salvaged must be bought and paid for in full. But the poem transcends its bleak and stubborn honesty. It ends by delighting, or at least gratifying us with its wisdom. Like a piece of ice on a hot stove, Frost wrote in a characteristic little dictum, The poem must ride on its own melting. The poem must come into being, not without discipline and revision certainly, but arrive, a kind of hapless swimmer in the pool of its own sweat unfolding by surprise as it were. I would guess that the surprise in the writing of Provide Provide was the way it fell or for Frost into triplets. And once the stanza pattern was established, once, as he said, the worldly commitments were now three or four deep, he simply got on with it, got on with the game of work and through the meter and the line, so that brilliant resonant conclusion. Notice the word simply, it cloaks the whole silent structure, struggle of will that pounds feeling into form, elevates language to match the mood, and makes a straight way through the jungle to a strong closure. Does anyone frost most ingenuously and rhetorically act? Does anyone believe I would have committed myself to the treason, reason, season, ripes that in my reluctance? if I had been blasé enough to know that these three words about exhausted the possibilities. It seems to me particularly finding that provide provide should have devolved into this hideously difficult to maintain rhyme scheme. To work in rhyming complex in anglo saxon English, even with recourse to approximate rhymes taxes the poet and most often tarnishes his charm. To work in threes is to skate close to the open water of light verse. But courting this danger saves the poem from pulpit statement, the rhyme or multiple rhyme does not banter, but it does swagger a little. The stylistic cut of it lightens the line and intensifies the irony. The felicities of the language prepare us for the consolation prize that is contained in the kind of Yankee guilt, sto- sto- stoicism, dignity, upcountry shrewdness, and thus we are prepared for the regional alternate past participle of by bi- boughton friendship is salvation through necessity, a willed acceptance of the last chaos that life brings. It is not piety, but a fact, a condition.